we've all heard the saying, clear space, clear mind, right? It motivates some of us to keep our spaces tidy and organized, but for others, the thought of even attempting to organize and overhaul our space is just too much. But today we're gonna get some amazing tips and tricks to make life easier. I'm Callie Youngstrom, and this is Keep Yourself Well. We all have that one drawer, table, or chair where things just go to die. The dreaded junk drawer, the clothes chair, the table you dump your stuff on when things you get home, the treadmill that has become a clothing rack. Can anyone relate? And before you know it, that area has spread around your home. Work life for many people same thing. But my guest today specializes in helping you manage your spaces. Susie Bishop is the woman behind 74 Doors, a company serving Calgary and Saskatoon that helps people get and stay organized. And Susie knows the struggle. She's a mom of five and went from overwhelmed to clear space, clear mind. But how did she get there? That's what we're about to find out. Hi, Susie. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to finally see and chat with you. Yes, we've been following each other on social media for a long time. And you're always my friendly reminder to keep my stuff together. Um, (laughs) And I feel like this is perfect timing because I think September on the horizon kind of feels like a fresh start for a lot of us with things getting back to regular scheduling. So I always kick off on the same note, which is the question, how do you keep yourself well? How do I keep myself well? (laughs) Hmm. Well, this has been top of mind for me. I just moved. So moving is always very stressful. So it's it's just a good reminder to do all the things, right? The the water and the, the habitual morning routine. So to keep that going when everything else is chaos, uh, that really helped me get through that move. The anchor habits when everything else is kind of up in the air. What does your morning routine look like? Uh, The water and uh, I love, I love yin yoga. So get up and do a little bit of that. And I'm a, I never was growing up, but now I'm a, a make my bed person. As soon as I get out of bed, that's. That's uh, just trying to get my kids to to keep doing that as well, right? <laughs> Adopt that <laughs> practice early. Yeah. Yeah. Do right. you do yin yoga just at home or do you go into a studio? I did go into a studio pre-COVID. Uh, there was one right around the corner. And then I got in the habit of just doing stuff at home. So I my kids bought me a, a membership to a, an online platform. So I just get up and do it at home. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Just first thing in the morning. What a good way to start the day. Um, yeah. I always like to follow this question with, you know, how would you have answered that question differently, say maybe five years ago, which I think is really prevalent to you because, you know, you talk about starting your business after having one of your kids. So take me back to that moment after you had your I think fifth child. And you knew that you needed to like do something and make a change in your life. What led up to that change? Mm, Yes. So (laughs) after five kids, I very much was just running around like a chicken with my head cut off and, and needed to, to figure out how to streamline things. I couldn't parent and, and be the person I wanted to be, but more importantly, be who I wanted to be to model so they, I could model who I wanted them to become. So started to, to make some personal changes. And the first one, honestly, was, was making my bed. Um, and I went through uh, training with the RCMP. I was a member. And during that time, they, they really taught you attention to detail and, and all of those things. So that really helped help make a change. Good for you. Well, and I can't imagine the level of organization that's needed, you know, mentally and physically with five kids just to make the wheels go every day. Yeah. And you, and I hear it so many times when, when people call to hire me is that people feel like they're failing. And I felt that way too. Everybody is so hard on themselves. You feel like a failure as a mom and as a person and as a, you're not getting everything done. So to, 
to slow down and take the extra 30 seconds in the bathroom just to reset on the way out. It's just those little tiny choices that help you gain momentum in every way of your life and every area of your life. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's important that people know services like yours exist because we look to coaches and experts in so many areas of life. You know, why is organization any different? Because I think so often we get caught up in the overwhelm of it feels like too much. You know, you don't know even where to start because everything's overwhelming. So you're just constantly trying to keep up with things and can't kind of reset and have that foundation. So I would love for you to walk me through, you know, how you started changing your habits in obviously a very busy home in a way that felt organized and manageable to you, which, you know, the example of starting with the bed, like one thing that you can create as a routine, how did you build from there? And, you know, if you can offer advice on how to build from there. I started to walk. I just started to take one little tiny, what can I change today? That's going to take one little choice that I can make that will gain momentum in the right way. And I read uh, a book. It's one of my favorite books called the slight edge. And it talks about choices that are easy to do are also so easy not to do. So like brushing your teeth or washing your face or drinking a water, the, you know, first thing is you get up in the morning and I started listening to podcasts and just, those little tiny choices that keep compounding, right? So I started to walk and listening to the podcast and I started reading more and all of these things are so connected. Our our health and wellness is so intertwined with what we see and what we surround ourselves with. Uh, So it was just those little tiny choices and they, they snowballed, right? Yeah. One thing at a time. So for you, is there any Mm -hmm. specific habits within your home after making the bed that kind of became habitual with like organization or cleaning and, you know, deep cleaning and those things that sometimes get away from us. Always leaving the room a little bit better off than you entered it. So Hmm. um, instead of just taking off your clothes at night and throwing them on the floor, or if they still happen to be clean, just taking that extra couple seconds to, put it back up on the hanger. And when you take your clothes off the hanger in your closet, taking that extra second to put all the hangers together. So when you're searching for a hanger, you're not, you know, rummaging through your closet to try and find that empty hanger. It's they're all in a row. So it's just taking that extra second to put things back when you fold your underwear or if you, well, sorry, I'll back up. If it's recognizing the type of person you are as well, because you see all of these things on Pinterest or Instagram that are just beautiful. But if you're not the type of person that's going to take the time to fold your underwear, because a lot of people aren't, can you get it in a bin like, so that you know where it is? It doesn't have to be perfectly lined up and it doesn't have to be pretty. There are some people that like that, but that's not everyone. So it's recognizing the type of person you are and uh, and accepting and being okay with that. Yeah. What projects are you really willing to take on during COVID? I feel like a lot of us got caught up in the like cleaning and organizing and even on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen the trend of people like filling that restocking all their canisters, like in the laundry yes. room and in the kitchen. And I got sucked into buying these silly expensive canisters that then I was like putting all my baking ingredients into like decanting them does not make life any more convenient for me to have it or any more organized to do that. I'm like, now it's just taking up more space. space. I should have done time consuming too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, now there's like, you know, this much left in a bag. Now I have the canister and the bag. What do I do? do do I'm like, I actually think it made matters worse. So that's a great point. Like what type of person are you? Do you really need those certain things? Um, I commend anyone who has the patience to Marie Kondo their underwear because I'm most definitely not that person. (laughs) Um, And, you know, for you, well, uh, let me say, like, I live alone. So me changing my habits and organizing my space is one thing. But living in a very busy household with many people, how did you make some of these changes as a family? And how do you ensure that they're changes that stick? Because like any habit, walking, water, yoga, 
it takes a lot of time for that proof of concept and for it to really become ingrained, not only for one individual, but for, you know, a whole household to get on board. For sure. And that's a, a challenge, especially I see with, uh, with spouses, right? Like one is very organized. The other is not, they'll call me and say this, you know, we're constantly fighting. How do we work together? And that goes back to the same thing of just understanding how, how each of you work and finding a happy medium. Uh, one thing I found within my house was just trying to figure out what is the easiest thing for my kids. And this time of year, I see that with a lot of families trying to prepare going back to school. So instead of expecting your kids to come home and hang up their coats on a hanger and, you know, open the closet door, it's just one more thing and they're not going to do that. So instead of expecting them to, to do that, maybe just put a, a couple hooks. Each kid has their own hook. They can come home, put their backpack and their bags and their jackets on this hook instead of trying to open the closet door, put it on the hanger, that kind of thing, just to simplify. Another thing I found that uh, helped them maybe even eat a little healthier was I do, I don't decant everything, but I do take the snacks out of the boxes. And if I'm really wanting to encourage them to eat certain things, I'll put them eye level and I'll put them in a clear container as opposed to you know, your, your licorice and your candy, put it in a solid basket and put it up out of your prime real estate. So it's not right in front, right in front of you. Yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah, it's the psychology too, of some of these things. Like when you have that visual cue of the hook, you're more likely to use it when you have the visual cue of the snacks you want to reach for. I mean, there's a reason grocery stores do that. They put the prime real estate at eye value. Same thing goes for what they want to market, uh, you know, to kids. So you're marketing the healthy options to your kids. That's great. Um, Can't do you, this is just a personal question. Do you find that there's a trend within partners in terms of like, opposites attract with spouses of like one person's really tidy and one person's messy or do you find when you're working with families like most often people are gravitating towards someone with similar organizational habits because I feel like that could cause some real issues well and I the people who contact me obviously they're contacting me because they're they're usually at their wits end they've bought all the baskets they've similar to what you're talking about and they're they don't know where to start. They're overwhelmed. So most of the families that I work with do have opposing ends of someone is very organized and someone is not. And they're just trying to figure out how to, how to make that work. Yeah. You're saving marriages. (laughs) Well, and my favorite thing is there isn't, I haven't had a client yet who just cleaning up even one small space. It hasn't snowballed into eating better, taking better care of themselves. It's just, it's all so connected Mm -hmm. and it's so exciting. Embrace the changing seasons with a fresh start at Sweet and Sprouted this September. As the temperatures cool down, it's time to treat yourself to the cozy comforts of fall reset and indulge in the rich heartwarming flavors that the season brings step into a world of guilt-free indulgence that perfectly captures the essence of autumn the store is bursting with delectable sugar-free delights that will make your taste buds tango dive into decadent desserts crafted without added sugar allowing you to revel in the sweetness while staying true to your low-carb lifestyle just as the leaves transform so do their offerings but they have a selection that will align with your low carb and keto goals with cooler days ahead their selection of snacks seasonings and bevies will keep you fueled and energized throughout your busy days head over to sweetensprouted.com and enter promo code wellness 10 to replenish your stock and try some new goodies with an extra 10% discount on your order. Use promo code wellness10 and relish in sugar-free goodies and the essence of fall. Yeah, I mean, I, for myself, this is so funny. I was just talking to a friend of mine prior to this and we were joking about how like I am a minimalist. She, she has dubbed me. And for me, it's purely for my mental health. You know, it's it's just, I don't like clutter. I like things super neutral. I don't like a lot of things around. And I know 
not only is my mental health better when my space is better, but if my space starts to go, it's likely an accurate depiction of what my mental health is doing at the time as well. So they, it's kind of a cycle in that way. What was your biggest change for your mental health? Because I'm sure you started noticing many, many changes in stress levels, making these changes for yourself. And then of course, you know, with clients as well, I bet you get uh, follow-up messages about how much better they're feeling. Most definitely the, our, our outer world is a direct reflection of our inner world. Right. And, um, for me, I found it to be really therapeutic. I've had a couple deaths in our family this past year and having the opportunity to to really go through all those sentimental items personally it it teaches you how to help other people go through a similar situation and have that compassion and understanding that not everyone is ready at the same time to let go of things Mm. um i'm not sure if i answered your question but that's where you yeah. took me. <laughs> no, I think that's a really great point. You know, I, I can't remember the name of this show, but uh, there used to be a show on TLC that was like, yeah, you they would come into your house and organize. And I remember they would have like the keep, the donate and like the throwaway bins. And I would watch these conversations happen with people who like, you know, couldn't let go of the sentimental things, which... I completely understand. Um, I'm probably straight too far on the opposite end of that. <laughs> I don't want it. Um, but then it is, you know, how do you honor someone that you've lost and what do you choose to keep and what do you choose to let go of? Do you have any advice for that? Because I think that when we do lose someone, that's such a sensitive topic where, you know, you do the thing where it's like boxes keep being shift, like from your mom to you to your siblings yeah. you know, my siblings have done that like popcorn like I don't want it you take it. We, <laughs> yeah. we want yeah. someone to have it we want to know it still exists but like none of us want to be the ones to take it in our space to and work about it. <laughs> and I think we do we get so attached to to items how do you navigate those conversations with clients because they're so sensitive and as you said you know people are likely at different places in in that journey as to comfort levels of letting go Yeah. um, Fortunately, most of the clients that work into the sentimental items, we start with the easy things first. So it's building up those muscles similar to going to the gym. You wouldn't go and immediately hit it up for an hour with the hardest weight, the heaviest weights. You'd start out quite small. So we would start out getting rid of the easy stuff, the no brainers that they, they know they haven't used in a year and a half that would be easy to replace. Once we're at the the point where they're ready to tackle the sentimental items, it's it's really going through them and recognizing, is it a case of, yes, my brother passed it along to me. I feel obligated to keep it. Do I really want it when I when I hold it, when I look at it? Does it give me great memories or am I just keeping it because I feel like I'm dishonoring them to get rid of it? Uh just really having someone objectively ask those questions sometimes helps you feel like it's okay to let it go as well. It helps to know that it's going to a, someone who could use it. I think a lot of the time people, if they know it's going, it's not just going to get thrown in the trash or someone's not going to sell it. It's really going to someone who can use it and it's going to make their life better. It allows them just to be okay to let it go. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. A great point. And I like that you say it's, you know, that progression ease into the comfort level of, you know, working into the hard things. I feel like you probably have to pace people as well. Cause I know I'm the type of person where it's like, you know, I start on a room and now it's like a whole day affair, which can sometimes be debilitating because then it's like, well, if I don't have all day to clean and organize, I'm not even going to start at all versus like chunk it and, and take it in spaces. Is that something that you work with like progressively with your clients? How do you navigate the time commitment uh, together and also, you know, recommending for them to do independently so that they don't do that burnout. My favorite is when you get all the clothes out of the closet and then you're like, oh, <laughs> oh now oh, it's no. on my bed. I, I got it. I got to deal yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you work on that with them? And then do you have advice that you give to them kind of as they're maintaining independently? I have clients work with us in in different ways. So sometimes they will go side by side and we'll make all the decisions together. Um, 
they're okay to work for long periods of time. And by long, I mean five hours. So we work in three hour to five hour sessions and it's surprisingly hard on people. Uh, they get exhausted mentally, physically. So mm. sometimes they work side by side. Other times I've got quite a few clients who will go to work. And uh, we, we obviously have great conversations ahead of time and I'll leave them homework. But I actually go through whatever their master bedroom and bathroom, whatever the case is while they're at work. Sometimes at lunch, uh, they'll, they'll check out some texts and put X's through 100%. I know I'm going to donate that. And then I take a full vehicle load of donations away that day. So it's out of their house. And when they come home, they've got boxes of homework of, can you sort through this? When I come back, they'll have gone through it. So it's that accountability the following week. They know I'm coming back. So they're going to get that homework done. That's a really great approach. And I think it's probably one of those things too. A lot of times when you have those sort throughs, it's like, oh, I didn't even know I still still have this. And I love that you yeah. use the word accountability because I say it all the time, you know, uh, if I had to put a, I would say 50% of what my clients need me for is my actual nutrition and wellness expertise. But the other 50%, sometimes even more is purely the accountability of, you know, for sure. a timeline, which I think for this, the timeline is so huge. And when you're investing, you know, financially as well, okay, well, it's holding us accountable. Like this is something we really want to prioritize. Like we're making an investment, it's a value and, you know, you're going to follow up the next week to make sure it's done because, Otherwise, we all have the garage or whatever the room is that we say, oh, like, I'll get to it when I have free time. Never, that time never magically comes unless we make it. Um, oh, yeah, that's a really great point. I have a question for back to school season, because I think this is something a lot of parents struggle with. Same thing with the sentimental thing, but something you can't donate. All of the artwork, the projects, the trophies, the ribbons, the participation, this, like, I don't have to deal with this yet, but my parents <laughs> have yeah. everything I've done, if, you know, since I was walking. Um, and my mom's like, do you want it? I'm like, I don't want it. Do you want, it? what are we going to do with it? And I feel like those are the things, you know, how do you navigate? What do you keep? What do you give away? What do you do with it when people have kids and it's all coming home every day? Yeah, so much. So to that point, I uh, I love a bin, a good sentimental bin, and I have one for each of my kids. Uh, and also adults should have them too, because we have, we have things we want to keep, but not necessarily keep out, want to yeah. keep and protect. So um, I generally keep most throughout the year for each kid. And at the end of the year, they have a little pizza party together and they pick out their best of album and they, they keep those favorite pictures, um, grades one through 12. And I keep a binder with the artwork, but also uh, in that bin is a few of their baby clothes, uh, like a football jacket, just your random trophies and awards. And I have found that because my kids are such a, uh, difference of age right my youngest is 10 now and my oldest is 25 and uh, as they go through they will edit it themselves you know but there are certain things it's funny the things I think they wouldn't want to keep they do and vice versa so you never know another great tip clients have used is to take a picture of it and and trash it but I do know yeah kids will surprise you and I'm rarely right about what they're going to want to keep or get rid of so yeah That's I love that idea. And to, you know, have them in, introduce their independence of getting to choose what's important to them. And then more likely that they'll want to keep it, you know, in the long run versus the thing that I drew when I was in kindergarten. I have seen too, um, those, I don't know what the website's called, but you can like take a photo of all the artwork or no, you send it in, you put it in like a folder and send it in and they make a, a book out of it or yeah. make a collage and those types of things, which yeah, I think that's a really unique idea as well. For sure. Those are excellent, those books. Ready to step into a new season feeling stronger and more vibrant than ever? 
me too. Look no further than Supplement World Canada. As the leaves change and cooler temperatures set in, they can help you embrace the autumn season with vitality and determination. The staff is so knowledgeable and can help you stay on track with your health journey no matter the season. Discover a remarkable array of low-carb, sugar-free options that perfectly align with your goals without compromising on taste. Whether you're aiming to boost your immunity, enhance your workouts, or simply maintain your well-being, they have the right combo of products to help fuel your days and make a difference. Head to supplementworldcanada.com and enter promo code wellness10, an exclusive 10% discount on your order, promo code wellness10 to unlock savings as you gear up to conquer the fall. Let Supplement World Canada be your guide to a stronger, healthier you. Embrace the changing seasons, embrace your fall goals, and do it with the right support. So when did you realize that this could be a business? Because so prior to this, you were with the RCMP. So clearly a huge career shift. Um, and, you know, once you realized it could be a business, how did it start and how did it grow? Because now you're honoring multiple cities, which is just incredible. Well, there was a break in between. So I worked for the RCMP and I decided I would rather be a mom. Um, shift work was was not my favorite thing. I, I would rather be home with my kids. So I had stayed home and I was a stay-at-home mom for a time. Um, in 2019, my husband lost his job and I was trying to figure out a way to help support our family and uh, yeah, just incorporate everything that I had always loved and done. And uh, so I started this business right in 2020 and was fortunate to be booked. I wasn't sure at that time if people would allow me into their homes, but they did. And uh, I, I love every minute of it. Wow. I mean, wow. What an incredible time to have started a business, like right at the crux of the pandemic, basically. And I feel like, yeah, that, but that reflects how, how much value people see in this service. And I think at a time like that, likely highlighted for a lot of people, the help that they needed spending more time in their own spaces and, you know, really spending more time like within our own four walls than we probably ever had in the past and taking time to be able to deal with it. Wow. Good for you. That's incredible. So now you're growing. What do you feel the biggest challenges have been for you in shifting this to be a business? Um, having, yeah, one extreme of, of shift work, feeling like I was rarely home to constantly being at home. And now I feel so lucky to have a mix where I get to, to choose and work around my kids schedule. I'm lucky enough to be working with a couple ladies in Saskatoon, and they are doing the same thing. So our, when I was mentioning our three to five hour shifts, those are set up so that they're completely around our kids school schedule. Uh, so couldn't feel luckier. I actually get a chance to do virtual sessions as well. So can do those. Uh, I can do those as well. Amazing. I love that you've created that balance for yourself and probably works out perfectly too, in the sense that that's when people are at work. So you can be in their home, you know, navigate their space for them when they're away. And so what do you find your tip clients typically need you for? I know there's a spectrum, but what what are the, some of the most common calls for help that you would come in for? Sometimes it's a, a top to bottom organized. And honestly, when I started my business, I thought I would be working with a lot of people who busy families who wanted to make their homes function and uh, streamline their, their process. So everything was a little bit easier, saving them time. What I was surprised by was some of the clients that have hired me because of um, just major shifts in their life. So uh, one of my clients right now, he he moved from Ottawa and he is suddenly finding himself in a wheelchair. So he couldn't unpack his belongings, loved his surroundings, but he can't get his new home to feel like home because he can't physically do that. Um, some clients during COVID were going through chemotherapy. And so they needed uh, dialysis room for all of the, the things that needed to come home to, to help him through his dialysis. So we were looking for space saving tips. Uh, of course, some of the, I love doing the pretty pantries and the, the master closets and, and the bathrooms, but the, the way this has been, it's been shocking how meaningful it is. Um, and yeah. 
things that, you know, would never cross your mind until you're in that position. How rewarding. I mean, really, it's just very unique to know how you're impacting people mentally and emotionally to be able to create that space and make it a home. Have you worked with anyone who's transitioning into like a tiny home or into like a motor home or anything like that? Because I feel like those are some, I fall down that TikTok rabbit hole of like the space <laughs> in tiny houses. It's so interesting and so creative. Like I would never think of that. I'm just curious if you've, if you've done that. Uh, when I first started, I helped out with an RV. I've not done the tiny homes, but I love, I, I too, I love how just the multifunctional furniture is, is amazing. Yeah. Well, I feel like yeah. that could be a trend that grows. I feel like still, well, maybe it's because we're in the coldest provinces in Canada, that's probably <laughs> part of it. not as many people want yeah. to move to RVs, but um, yeah, so much creativity. And on that note too, like just the, you know, changes in seasons of life, but changes in the literal season where there is mm -hmm. about to switch seasons. I mean, it's 31 degrees out here today, so it doesn't really feel like it, but don't hate it's me. Coming. Fall is coming. Yeah. I, I was like in the country yesterday and a bunch of the trees already leaves were changing color. Oh. I was like, knock it off. It's too early. But, yeah. um, you know, for a lot of people, that means like the swapping of the winter closet to the, or sorry, the summer closet to the winter closet, especially in Saskatchewan, like our extremes are so extreme, extreme. On yeah. the spectrum. Um, how do you manage your clothing situation for you plus six other humans? in your house. That's a lot of wardrobe. And do you have recommendations for your clients and for us in general? Like, do you recommend the closet swap or how do you navigate that? I just do. It's all just one day. I don't have the wherewithal to be swapping in, swapping in out seasons, but maybe I should. Well, it depends on, on your house and on your desire to do that so similar to decanting are you are you up for that much work if you have the space there's no need and also let's face it in Saskatchewan we still do wear those bulky sweaters sometimes in the summertime um, so not necessarily do we need to put all of it away personally and I do I switch I switch it out so I get rid of the woolly socks I get rid of the woolly you know my fuzzy winter pajamas um, I just like to have the extra space in my drawers so I have it uh, in the basement. If you have the room to, to switch out, I would definitely recommend that. And especially with the kids as they're growing, you're going to be switching it out anyways. So. Yeah. All right. Well, this is why you're the expert. I should, I should try. I think I just do the layer approach when I dress as part of it. I'm like, you know, I'll wear it eventually, but, and it is nice to like, I like the having it in sight, but all right, maybe I'll implement it. Um, when people are at that stage of like being just so overwhelmed with life and need to implement you. Do you have a theory in terms of like starting with room by room or starting with like a deep clean of the whole house or starting with like an organize of the whole house? How do you segment it? When we start, we have a consultation to determine what their goals are. And usually I'll, one of the first questions I'll ask is if they were to be able to wave a magic wand and have one room, the one that's just most overwhelming to them, the way that they would dream, which room would that be? And generally that's where I would start. If they have no idea, I always like to start in the master bedroom because that's where you wake up. That's where you go to bed. That's the first thing you see. So if you're just faced and so many busy families I find are faced with that when they wake up there's crap all over their dresser they can't see the counter in the bathroom it's just overwhelming and when you start your day that way it's you can't find clarity mm -hmm. well you know waking up and going to sleep with it like for me I know even if my closet doors are open and the closet's a mess I truly believe I do not have as sound of a sleep and I like struggle to go asleep, go to sleep, you know, and then, you know, you go to bed in chaos, wake up in chaos, you know, for me as a nutritionist, I really believe like when the fridge is organized and when the kitchen is clean, you know, you want to cook. I hear that actually a lot from people, like if their kitchen has gotten out of hand, they don't want to spend time in it. So you're more likely to grab things out and not make those healthy choices. As you said, you know, these, your space reflects so much of your mental and 
physical health. So I think that probably would be very rewarding too. If you have one room that's really conquered, you know, and you get that relief and want to keep going because you've seen the benefit and you've been able to embrace those results. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like the organizing like bins and, and baskets and like investing in the drawer organizers and all of that is worth the hype? Like, as I said, the decanters weren't, weren't needed for me. Um, but you know, I feel like it used to be such an expense to get the preparation items for some of this. Now I know like even at dollar store, there's so many affordable options. What do you feel like the need is for investing in items to help with organizing? I think that's one of the biggest downfalls to anyone trying to get organized is that's the first thing they go and do. They go buy all the stuff and then hope they can cram everything into it. And then they get frustrated and overwhelmed and then they quit. So when I'm talking to my clients, I always say, don't go buy anything. That's the very end. That's the icing on the cake. That's the last thing we'll do. Once you know what you are going to keep, once you know what you love and what's going to function for you, and then we'll figure out what's the best way to store it. If you even need them, right? Because a bin's not going to, it's not going to keep you organized. If you have three times the amount of stuff you're trying to cram into it. Transition into autumn with optimal hydration powered by Element, an ultimate science-backed electrolyte drink designed to elevate your well-being and keep you at your peak no matter the season. And it's delicious no matter the season. As the temperatures cool and the air becomes crisp, your body's hydration needs are still important. Whether you're embracing outdoor adventures, hitting the gym, or simply enjoying the autumn breeze during a walk, Element is your premium hydration partner. Their innovative formula backed by science is meticulously crafted to replenish the essential electrolytes that you lose during physical activity. Bid farewell to sugary artificial beverages and welcome the pure, balanced hydration that your body craves. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, these essential minerals are thoughtfully packed into every sip without the sugar, ensuring your hydration is effective, satisfying, and meeting your goals. Why settle for ordinary when you can have the extraordinary support for your well-being? Visit my website, kywellness.ca and click on the Element link under products to discover the power of Element for yourself. With any purchase, you'll receive a free sample pack to try and experience the revitalizing effects firsthand. Let's get salty. Yeah, well, and if you don't, you know, do the like one thing in, one thing out approach, now you've just got more stuff. Like you're you're moving stuff around, but you're implementing new products into the house. I think that's a really great piece of advice because I think, you know, a lot of people start with the, okay, I'm going to go get the things because it feels like an action item, you know, like yeah. okay, I've got the stuff making some, yeah. yeah, the action item can be calling you instead. That's, yeah. the, that's the good starting point. What yeah. about like seasonal decor? I feel like that's one too, that comes up again with my love for not having clutter. And I don't have kids, like, you know, no one else is here to enjoy the decor. I I don't care. I would love to decorate for someone else, but you know, I don't really collect the seasonal decor to switch over, but especially with families and kids, like recently I got a Christmas tree and that was a big commitment for me. Cause I'm like, now I've got a <laughs> store. Oh, a Christmas tree. Um, so yeah. how do you recommend managing that seasonal swap out? Because do you know the amount of houses that I drive by that still have their Christmas decorations out in the middle of summer? They need you. I'm going to go put your business card. On there you go. Be like, <laughs> Hey, it's August. Yeah. Let's get at it. No, I, uh, I am not a minimalist. And I, even if I didn't have kids, I am seasonal holiday crazy. I like the stuff. Um, I do even St. Patrick's day. We'll, we'll do it up. So one thing I do find though, is people leave that kind of thing out. And so there'll be uh, tea towels. They've got, you know, 25 different tea towels that they don't have room for in the drawer. So they're in three different places and they can't find them when they need them. But one thing that's a good idea is to take those seasonal tea towels and any other seasonal, whatever knickknack things and just keep them all together. So keep your categories together store it 
you know, put a label on it. If you're going to, if you are going to be like me and be a little bit seasonally crazy, at least know where it is and what you have so that you don't go up on more. Yeah. Good advice. Um, I think that it, hypothetically, I'd love to be seasonally crazy, but in action, I'm too lazy too. So <laughs> it's not the type no. of person that I am. Um, what's something, do you notice a trend like uh, some things or categories that people keep like for years and years? And then often once you get into organizing, like that's the thing that goes or the things that you can kind of walk in and just know like this doesn't need to be here. You're going to end up donating it or, you know, putting it away where it's out of sight, out of mind. I find that everybody has their thing, their thing that they buy too much of for whatever reason it is, you know, there and, and all of us have our own issues or reasons for buying things mm-hmm. uh, you know one lady she was the and I always tell them you know you win the award for having the most you know peanut butter hidden because you forgot you had it so you went and bought two more jars of peanut butter or another had a, a whole full bin of napkins like the paper napkins that are are the seasonal ones so everybody seems to have their have their thing yeah. Okay. So everyone listening, what just popped into your yeah, head? What is your thing? Because I know what <laughs> yeah. mine was clothes instantly. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, it's clothes. Um, and same thing. I think like if you're organized, you can see that you've got five black bodysuits that are almost identical. Like you don't need to go get another one, you know, what do you, yeah. what do you, how do you deal with collectors? I am like, I don't, I've never collected anything, but like my mom collects costume jewelry. My grandma collected bells, like everywhere she traveled, she collected bells again, in the sake of my like minimalism and non-attachment sentimentally to physical things. I refuse to start collecting something, but I feel like that must be a unique challenge in working with people because there is usually a lot of attachment if it's a specific collection. I have found that by the time people contact me, they are over their collection or they've simplified it. So unless it's something like you were mentioning that they're inheriting and they're holding on to it for the wrong reasons, um, most of the time they're hiring me because I'm like a personal trainer for their home. So they're ready to get at it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. They've accepted. <laughs> um <laughs> Do you... or, or not, you know, sometimes if they're not ready, we will say, you know what, I want to keep this collection. We're going to put it in a bin and we're going to label exactly what it is. And you can revisit it a year from now and see if you still have these same feelings, because sometimes they weren't ready to get rid of it then, but they might be a year later or Do six you... months or whatever yeah. it is. Do you work with people who they kind of work with you for, you know, a brief amount of time getting things organized and then follow up like six months or a year or two years down the road? Or do you find usually like once they've invested in you and had those few, you know, three to five hour sessions that that's enough? Or do you end up hearing from people again down the road? It's exactly like people going to the gym. There's uh, a percentage of people that go and learn how to exercise or, or find a thing that they love. And forevermore, they're hooked. They can go do their own thing and they're going to work out as you know, all the time and they're good on their own. So there's those people that hire me that we go through and we make a system and they have a plan moving forward. And if I were to go into their home a year later, it's set and done and, and they maintain it. Yeah. And on the opposite end of the scale, I have clients that ask me to come back sometimes every month, maybe a little bit sooner. And we just reset because their, their lives are so busy. They, they love the feel of having their home organized, but they literally do not have the time to maintain it. So they call us back in and we, we reset their closet. We reset their pantry every once in a while, just keep it up for them. It's nice that you have that option. And I'm just even thinking, you know, I think seasonally, would be so beneficial for so many people for exactly these reasons. You could come in for, you know, a few days in one week, do the wardrobe, do the decor, like do all the gardening stuff goes back away and those types of things. I think a seasonal date with you would be a great. (laughs) 
Well, and it's it's so fun. I remember the first Christmas season that I worked, I I took a picture and messaged my mom because I I'm a Christmas, I love it. And I couldn't imagine that I was actually getting paid to decorate someone's Christmas tree. And then the this flip side of that, I got to take it and put it all away. So it was all organized when they found it the next year. And it, yeah, it was just a dream. So that was my job that day. I couldn't so imagine. satisfying. Are you yeah. like the organization, like lining things up, putting it away has always given you a lot of personal satisfaction, or is that something that you just kind of inherited now along the way? Now along the way, I definitely was not an organized child, or I'm not, like I said, I'm not a minimalist, but I have found it to be um, in my own home, going through personal challenges, like I mentioned, and death, it, uh, it was healing. And I feel that way when I help clients do that, it's healing for me to, to help them through some really difficult situations. And then obviously for them too. Yeah. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, you know, like you're doing a lot of donating of items. Do you encourage like mostly donating? Where do you take things? Like, I think sometimes people just don't, don't know where to go with things or selling things. I know that a lot of people have well intentions of, you know, wardrobe, I'm going to sell this on Poshmark, I'm going to put it on eBay, but like, then it just ends up sitting there. So that kind of, well, it's, you know, maybe make a few bucks on it, but that takes a lot of time and effort versus just donating it. And then it's gone. Like, what's your approach to that, that process and just getting rid of things and where to go, you know, like, I think that the throwing away versus donating versus selling is a bit of a process for people. For sure. And it's something that people get hooked on, right? They, if they are working on, on their home on their own and they decide they're going to donate things, sometimes it sits by their door or in their trunk for months on end. And that's why I decided that we, part of our process was making sure once they've made that decision, it's gone that day and, and donated. One thing that we would discuss is their, desire or their time to take the more valuable items to sell right so when we're going through things that's something definitely to consider is is are they going to take the time to sell it Uh, and if not making sure that we're intentional with where we're going to donate it and most things can be donated Um, yeah there's a big big need I think it's a privilege but I've well, I know it's a privilege. Let me rephrase that. It's definitely a privilege, but I've found for myself that my time is more valuable. I've decided than the time it would take to make the effort to sell some of these things. I because I'm not a luxury shopper or anything either, you know. So the return on that time is very minimal once I've gotten something clothing wise. So I love the donating. It's like someone will appreciate it more, you know, and there's no dollar amount that I can put on that. And another one that came to mind in terms of my things is books. So forever, I used to just like hoard books, you know, you keep getting ones and you're like, haven't read half of them. So now I kind of do the one in one out. And when I read a book, I know I never, unless it's like something nutritional that I'm going to refer back to, or, you know, something related to work or school, a novel or anything like that. I read it once. I'm never going to read it again. So I gift it. And I'm like, you know, do you want my copy? It's obviously a used copy. I'm a very like highlight in the margins. I always say anyone who gets a book that I've read gets a deep look into my inner psyche, (laughs) every thought that I was having, but it's also made it more fun because I'm like, I think it's a nice thing that I get to then pass on. So that's been my approach, but I definitely learned the hard way because I once did the Facebook marketplace thing thinking, and I was like going to sell a whole wardrobe. And then I think within a week, I ended up taking all of my stuff to the community donation bins and decided yeah. that that was better for everyone. <laughs> well, um, one thing, if people are determined or or have a desire to try to make some money back, which I mean, who wouldn't want to, we do put a, a timeline on that, right? So you're going to, we're going to make a to-do list. These are the items that you're going to sell. You're going to have them listed by whatever the date is. And if they're not sold within two weeks, then we're going to donate them. So definitely check in to make back to the accountability, right? Like, have you got your items listed? It's Wednesday, two weeks from now. Okay. They're gone. Yes. Okay. That's a really good accountability too. I feel like you must often feel like you're the mother of your clients in that way. Like I need you to come and be like, today's the day you get it on Facebook or it's gone. Um, 
And I feel like, yeah, there must be just so much joy in, in what you do. Like you said, the Christmas experience, you know, obviously brings you joy. And I think the Marie Kondo trend was the, you know, does it bring you joy? Um, did you read that book or watch the documentary? Do you implement any of those practices? I never read it or watched it. Um, cause I knew that I wasn't going to implement it. So <laughs> I just didn't. Definitely. Uh, did read the book for sure. And did watch it. I, I love how, um, she starts all of her projects with intention of essentially blessing the space and, and, um, loving your home, like looking at it with an intention to, to love your home. I, I like how she categorizes things. And so when we were talking about um, just knowing where all the, the towels was the, the tea towel thing we were talking about, just having it all in one spot so that you're not searching and you know exactly what you have. I, uh, as for her, her method of pulling your whole house apart, um, most people can't, can't do that. Right. It, it gets, it would get pretty overwhelming to do all that at once. Yes. I didn't, I didn't know about that part, but just thinking yeah. about it overwhelms me. I'm like one cupboard at a time, like just the frit, like just one thing at a time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Because you leave feeling, I'm sure so purposeful and your clients just leave feeling amazing. Like it's just so therapeutic to have that reset of your space. Um, do you feel like a space is ever really done? Like in your home, do you feel like you're constantly kind of reevaluating those systems and approaches that you use? Or do you find it's like, okay, we've got the methods and it works and you can kind of set it and forget it. Or are you doing a regular inventory of those operations? For my own things, I have my clothing set up in a way that I fold it and put it back in the same drawer in the same way. Habitually don't even think about it. It's just like driving at this point, right? It just goes back in the same way for when you have kids, things are always shifting and changing. But um, if you have a, a system for things, it's, it's, it's maintaining it, but you are always doing the same thing and it's working for you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure like as kids age, that's, maybe one of the times where like systems shift and reevaluate or even yeah. like nursery to toddlerhood, you know, like that's a big yeah. transition where it's like not only the clothes, but the bed and the change table and all and the toys. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Parents I've got it easy, you know, like I don't have to worry about anyone else's stuff, but yeah, between clothes and toys and seasonal stuff, like there's just so much that, ends up accumulating. Um, That's right. What do you think one of the like easy actionable steps that people could take today, like listening to this podcast, like if there's a few things that you could leave with and say, everyone could probably benefit from today that doesn't take a lot of time or extra money, what would your top three be? Top three. One of my favorite things in, in a kitchen is, is the junk drawer to tackle. Cause it's, small and useful so to to pull all of those things out and just put them into categories and get rid of the the extra little garbage and crap that gets put in there um just because it's used all the time i would say that um underneath the kitchen sink is also a nice place to tackle so that you put all the items that are like with like i i don't know how many homes end up having their garbage bags in a, a different spot than close to your garbage can right so just think logically of putting things together that you're going to use and your front entryway um that's the first thing that people see when you when they come into your space and the first thing that you see when you come home so to to think about that with intention are you somebody that loses your keys all the time if so does that look like a little bowl or a keychain, so that as soon as you come home, you know where your phone goes, you know where your keys go, you know where your purse goes. Um, more often than not, my clients, when they contact me, they can't find any of those things. So um, the entryway is a, a good point to start at as well. And none of those are really big projects, right? So yeah, that's like a do it in a few hours on a day. I think sometimes we do, we get so overwhelmed thinking we need to do it all that we put these things off that once we get going, 
it really only takes a minute, right? Like it's, yeah. it's not a big undertaking. The front entrance is such a great point because it's also the last place you see as you leave your house. So, you know, if you're leaving the house to go for work on a rush morning and you're like leaving with, oh my God, like look at the trail of disaster behind me, like you're stressed before you even come back to the house, I feel like, and then just have that overwhelm of like, oh yeah, I have to do that, you know, on the weekend or, you know, when we finally have time. So I feel like that's a really, is a really good one. Mm -hmm. It welcomes you home. I keep thinking, and I wanted to go back to when we were talking about uh, husbands or spouses that are on a different wavelength of, of organizing. And, And one thing that we do is make sure that they communicate and talk how important it is, you know, just, just to be on the same page. But one, uh, one of my favorite projects was we were working with a, a mom and she was in and out of the hospital as she was pregnant. So really struggling physically during her pregnancy. And she had primarily done all of the cooking. And so she asked that we start in her kitchen and in her pantry. And so we pulled everything out of her whole kitchen and just made things function a little bit easier. And her pantry had been so overwhelming. They live on a farm. And so we took out all of the duplicates as when you live out of the city or when you go to Costco, there's even, you know, a two pack of ketchup or a multiple packs. And when your your pantry usually just gets so full, you can't even see. So we made um, backstock in her basement of all the extra food food items. And when her husband came home, he actually started to cook for her because he could see what was in the pantry. And so when she called me crying, she was just so excited because she was going through all of these physical issues and and pregnant and and he'd never cooked for her before. So it was just very, uh, one of the best days. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, and I do think, you know, like when we talk about combat compatibility with partners, like those are the things that we don't necessarily think about until all of a sudden it's a problem. Right. When you're like, right. Oh my God. But I mean, I know myself well enough to know, like if I walk into someone's house and it's overwhelming with stuff, like I would definitely have a conversation, but, you know, just <laughs> recognizing what you do need to compromise because it is, it's, you know, different people's mental health and physical health really are affected by that space. I was actually thinking about the pantry thing. What is your preferred spice method? Because mm. there's, again, in Instagram and TikTok, like these beautiful spice drawers and like the time it takes to decant them and put them because, you know, you have like 20 spices at least. Yeah. The bane of my existence is the spices in bags, you know, because they're the cheapest ones versus the glass bottles are so expensive. They are so inconvenient to store. And then I'm like rummaging through trying to find like whatever spice I need and they're all everywhere. What's your preferred spice? storage approach in in my house i buy the cheap bag spices and i do put them in the pretty jars with the nice little labels and the wooden lids but it is extra time and i'm okay with that because yeah. it just makes me happy i think it's worth most it. clients yeah well i don't know I, yeah it just makes me happy to look at and to use but most clients i will encourage them to just buy the smaller not the bag not the costco the smaller and pick a spice and stick to it and even just the unified size and color and shape and everything of your spices you don't have to decant you don't have to do anything but they're all the same in your pull-out drawer or wherever you store your spices it's just a little nicer because a lot of people will buy the massive costco spice it's going to go it doesn't go bad and hurt you but it doesn't have the great taste after a short period of time right so smaller amount is always better yeah, restaurant size. I mean, your family might go through one of the Costco size <laughs> fast enough, but I'm, yeah, one person I've had the same Costco size seasoning salt for, that's a great point. Yeah. I want to know how long it's been there. <laughs> long enough, let's say. Yeah. Um, and do you find that more people are, are leaning into minimalism? I love look, I appreciate maximalism. I think it's just that because I don't want to take the time or feel like I have the extra time to give to, you know, the swapping in and out and organizing. And I also have a fairly small space. I kind of just lean into it out of necessity. Do you feel like with the trend of like the minimalist documentary and podcast, everything that people are leaning that way generally, or are you not noticing a trend? The trend for people actually living a minimalist lifestyle, 
those are not the people that would contact me. Um, they're the, <laughs> the people that are doing it on their own or living that way. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have had clients that are fairly minimal that are just looking to downsize their home, whether they're retiring and, or looking. Yeah. So those, those would be about the only minimalist clients I have are the ones that are just really looking to downsize or selling. Sometimes people will contact me when they're, they're looking to sell. So we'll go through and decide what they're going to pack to keep, to prepare for the, the, the real estate photos and such. Oh yeah. That's a really great point. I think I also have been scared into minimalism seeing, you know, like as you have grandparents that move out of homes and, you know, you see how much stuff gets accumulated over like decades of living in a space. I think that's given me the like, okay, let's keep it as minimal as possible because you're still going to collect things if you're holding on to everything. Um, I do think too, you know, there's like people who it's, it's really like a psychological disorder. If you're hoarding, like it's not just as easy as just let go, you know, like some people really are holding on for because sure. so much security is tied up in those things. I feel like, do you feel like you're uh, schooling with RCMP and some of the interpersonal skills that you would have developed there help you in navigating certain personalities and clients? Because it's so individual. I can't imagine the spectrum that you work with, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes. And the, and that's what I love about it is just how, how different it is. Uh, I grew up in a family who were collectors. My dad loved to collect antiques. And so we had this barn and the whole attic was just crammed full of antiques. And they decided one day that they were going to sell our ranch and everything they owned and buy an RV and start to travel. And it took months to go through all of this stuff. And we had this massive sale and it was just so overwhelming it was great stuff but just so overwhelming you know their their lifetime of things and I know that that had a big impact on me of just seeing how long and how much work and mm. emotions and everything tied up into these things right wow what a unique experience well yeah and I think too sometimes then when it is so much if you get so much stuff, you do get to that point where you're like, fine, just give it all away versus, you know, being able to just slowly sell it off and actually get your, you know, get some investment back on it. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I ever, I see those shows on like HGTV, like the picker shows and the collector shows, mm -hmm. I feel like that's yeah. so much. You walk into these barns or storage units and there's just so much stuff. Wow. That's a very unique experience. It's led you here. But I also think it's amazing because, um, you know, all of these facets of your life from RCMP to, you know, motherhood and being a, oh, I just saw someone's Instagram handle today. They're, um, you know, they didn't have stay at home mom. They had domestic engineer. And I was, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm yeah. like, that, it deserves more credit. I'm like, I think that's the perfect term for it. Like you will have so much mental labor, so many moving parts there, but to this, you know, those skills all intertwine and, and cross over. And how do you set clear boundaries with work? Because although you have the kind of three to five hour period with clients to work around the schedule at home. I'm sure with social media and the ease of availability, you know, virtually people are constantly asking you for help or advice, you know, is that a challenge for you or do you just, you know, direct them to your website or how do you navigate that? I know like I, I struggle navigating that personally as well. Yeah. It's a very, the struggle is real right now. Uh, just moved to a new city the end of June and the kids are home from school right now. So just the, the nooks and crannies of getting up before everyone else. And I, I, yeah, working when they go to bed and, and all of those things. So no, I don't have great boundaries right now because I, we're starting over in a new city. So yeah. Uh, before I moved though, I did have a little bit better. <laughs> so we'll find that balance. I'm still finding my feet where I am, but yeah. But I think to come back to your very first, you know, point in the podcast about how you keep yourself well, maybe the boundary shifted a little bit with work, but you've still got those 
anchor habits of your morning routine. And so I think, you know, just like you're saying, uh, you know, pick the areas that you need to focus on in terms of people's homes. I say that with clients, you know, what are the few habits that you know you need in the day to keep yourself well and you know the rest if it needs to be flexible based on the season the kids are home you know those transitions with moving you can figure that out later and come back to them yeah exactly with that said speaking of boundaries i want to get you out of here on time so i just want to wrap up with a few rapid fire questions for you what's the best advice that you've ever received keep things simple keep it you know the keep it simple stupid yeah Perfect. Yeah. Cause I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if everyone, I, I'm in my head too much. So that always makes you bring it back to exactly what we were talking about, right? Like what, what do you need to try to find your balance in midst of chaos? So it's always go back to that. Keep it simple. Love it. One thing at a time and personal mantra or words you live by. Probably silly, but I am, I can. No, I love that. I think that's the beauty of mantras. They're short and sweet and actionable. And last but certainly not least, for anyone who wants to find you, follow along, utilize your services, where can they do that? Uh, 74 Doors on yeah Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, or just uh, can look to my website and there's contact on there. Perfect. And I'll link everything on my website. And I highly recommend the inspiration just of following your Instagram is a very good reminder day to day. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. This is one of those episodes where uh, I selfishly feel like I probably get just as much, if not more than the listeners. So thank you personally and behalf on everyone else and good luck in the new city and with your continued business. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime. That's all the time we have together this week. Thank you so much for being here with Susie and I. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode every Sunday. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at KY Wellness. More details about all episodes can be found at kywellness.ca under the podcast tab. Don't forget to move your body, nourish your body, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. See you next week and keep yourself well.